Oh my god, hey. Wow, hi. So good to see you. Um, <laughs> welcome to Resting Witch Face, your one stop on for all things spooky, bitchy, and more. Oh, it's okay. so weird that I that you're here. Yeah, so strange. What's your name? Uh my name's Grant Jacoby. What's your name? Cool. Mine is Bailey Bennett. Um, and I do hate that we just did that. So oh, no, I actually kinda <laughs> liked it. I hate that I just took a giant sip of coffee right into the mic. It's fine. What else is new? I'll take a sip um, of water just to make it even. I'm actually currently really enjoying this cup of coffee that Bailey just made for me, which is um, co- is coffee. Yep. Well, yep. technically, it does have coffee. It does have coffee. Although yep. I was gonna make a really bad coffee joke, but okay. um, oat milk and cinnamon. That's right. It's delicious. It's a fucking Starbucks up in here, and you know what? It's not even a Starbucks because Starbucks coffee is bad, so it's better than that. Um, Ooh. hot take. Hot <laughs> don't, take. You don't know. Um, so. To start things off today, we haven't done, I feel like we haven't shared hate that scared yeah. the shit out of me in, in like a minute. Um, and I, a minute or two. I loved that when we, when we did our Instagram live, we were like, guys, please send us your hate that scared the shit out of me. So, so many people commented back being like, I sent mine in like six months ago. And we were like, cool. We are, we are trying. We read them when we, we can. The issue, and I, we've said this before, I'm going to say it again. The issue is. It's nothing to do with any of you who sent in because we love you and we love hearing your stories. The issue is that Instagram doesn't have a mm-hmm. marked as unread feature. Mm-hmm. So if we get, and we were, and we, as we've mentioned before, we record every couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So if it's the kind of thing where like you send us it on a Tuesday and we don't see it again and we're not recording it in for two weeks, like it's just hard to remember to go back to it because mm-hmm. we, it, we can't flag it. Yeah. Whereas if you email it to us, we can. But, <laughs> but also like we have unread emails that I just, Oh, don't. Okay. Well, because I aren't I the only one that's like in the email, so yes. you don't even see them. Okay, I, I love don't. that. Um, I forgot the password. It's I, that's great, and what there's nothing we can do about that. So, um, but I will say I think. We, <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> sorry. No, I mean I could give it to you. Is the answer? Mm. Um, but I think in the next couple of weeks we can do a li- maybe we can do a little bitch that's just. Just yeah. um, your stories again. We nice. haven't done that in a minute, yeah, and I feel like we fun. probably are racking up enough to be able to do that. So, speaking of, would you well, want me? Do you want me to read it? I do. Okay. <laughs> so, um, this is sent in from an Instagram user named B Rex, who has yes sent this story in twice. Her actual name is Brianna. I want to say she sends in a second one, but it's oh, did she send twice. in two? Oh my god, she might. Um, hi there. I love the podcast, blah, 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 obviously. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to share a, hey, that scared the shit out of me from an account from my mom and dad. When I was eight in good old 1998, my parents volunteered to do census work. They split up to cover more ground, each taking a friend with them. My mom had a friend with her and my dad had a friend with him. At the end of the day, they met up for dinner, then drove back to our house. My mom and her friend in the car in front of my dad and his friend. Keep in mind that it was pouring rain out. I remember my parents arriving back home with their friends and my mom asking my dad, did you see that peasant woman in the ditch? Uh, My dad said, yeah, the one who was waving at us, right? Uh, Creepy enough right there, but apparently she was bone dry, smiling slightly and waving at them from the ditch. So it's raining. uh, It's raining outside, but she is dry. uh, Waving from the ditch. Okay. My sister had to take... (laughs) Fuck. Um, my sister had to take the same route to get home from her waitressing job. When she got home, she was shaken and described a woman dressed in peasant garb with dark curly hair, dry and smiling a little and waving at her from the ditch. So that's gross. Nothing ever came of it. And I guess it could have just been some sort of prank. But IDK, there are just some weird coincidences there. Nobody in my family saw her again. Hope all is well, Brianna. Ew. <laughs> What the fuck? That is so creepy. I mean, like I, at first, I thought I thought you were saying like someone was body? trying to fucking, like flag you down for help. Yeah, but, but she's smiling. But no, she's dry and it's raining. How how do you tell if someone's dry if it's raining? I mean, like, like the from their hair. Her? 
her the rain probably just went through her. Yeah. Oh my god. Peasant woman. That's oh my god. We hate. Yikes. We that's hate peasants. Gross. No. Um, that. That's so creepy. Thank that's you very amazing. much. Yeah. Send in your hey that scared the shit out of me. RWF podcast at gmail.com. We'll do or, a we'll do a full episode soon. Yeah. We love it. We love hearing from you. Yeah. Um, moving right along. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been about a week or so since this came to light, mm-hmm. if you will. But uh, for our baddest bitch of the week, we wanted to talk about Busy Phillips, mm-hmm. who, while unfortunately her late night talk show has just been canceled by yes. E, yeah. um, she used one of her last episodes to bring up a really, really important subject that uh, is very important to us here at Resting Witch Face and mm-hmm. should be important to everyone mm-hmm. if you are a woman or if you have a woman in your life. So basically if you're a person, mm-hmm. um, which is that recently a – who's in Georgia? Yep. Um, and it, I'm I'm a little confused because I feel like I haven't been saying enough about this, which makes me wonder, has the bill not gone into law or is it – I think that it, I, I think that it actually did just pass and it was, and it's a really, a really strict abortion law that um, I believe outlaws abortion after six weeks, which is when a lot of women actually find out that they're pregnant in the first place because you would have missed one mm-hmm. period. Um, and it also, it also makes a lot of moves to identify legally fetuses as human people. Um, so, there could be a case in which uh, someone who gets an abortion is actually tried for murder mm. um, and could actually receive life in prison or the death penalty, which is still legal in Georgia for getting an abortion That's because a fetus is considered so fucked up. Yeah, a person. Um, so with this unbelievably disgusting, horrible, horrible thing that's happening in our country, um, Busy Phillips took the time to discuss it on her show um, mm-hmm. saying, in quote, I know that people feel very strongly about abortion, but let me just say this. Women and their doctors are in the best position to make informed decisions about what is best for them. Nobody else. Um, true, Obviously, true words mm-hmm. couldn't have been spoken. And she goes on to basically say, I think she says, that, you know, one in four women, one in four mm-hmm. have abortions. I really hope that's the correct statistic. I don't know, but I can try to look. Um, but she basically says that, you know, this, this might surprise you and you might think like, oh, like I don't know anyone who mm. has had abortion, but you know me and I had one when I was 15. Yep. And it's just so powerful to see a woman in, with such a public platform being so brave to talk about this because it is a very taboo subject. And mm-hmm. the people in my life I know who have had abortions, it's always mentioned as this weird shame and... Um, embarrassment and where it shouldn't be. And it's, you know, it's a decision that a woman makes about her body Mm -hmm. um, because I don't know why this is even still up for debate. It's that, I mean, it's a controversial subject subject, but like, I also think that it's, it's just, it's, it's it's the woman's right to decide what's best for her her. because it's not, you know, it's not a person yet. Yeah. (laughs) And, And yeah. And it's just like, you know, women bear the burden of having to actually birth that child. And mm-hmm. in a lot of cases there, the man doesn't even have to be involved. Like it's, no. and it shouldn't be up to him and it shouldn't no. be up to anyone else because at the end of the day, she's the one that's going to have to care for that child. Um, by the way, I looked from what I can find really quickly um, for 2014 abortion rates, one in 20 women will have one by age 20, one in five by age 30 and one in four by age 45. So obviously it's something I think that, that was the statistic she was. Referencing. Yeah. So it's like, that's, it's, it's obviously a, I'm sure a really difficult decision for women to come to, but if that's the decision that you come to, you, you sh- should be allowed to do that because unfortunately, like if you don't want to have a child. Are you like, what, what are you like, why are you forcing someone to have a child that they don't want? Especially mm-hmm. because I think a lot of the people who are fighting against this uh, are, are fighting against abortion and are pro-life are also not willing to give mothers the help that they need once nope. that child is is born. They're not willing to, to have, you know, any kind of government services to help with food stamps or with child care, with healthcare for women, like they don't want to help them after they are forced to have the child that they didn't Mm -hmm. want to have. So it's just, it's really not setting anyone up for success. Um, And and where are these pro-lifers when there are all these mass shootings mm -hmm. and people are being killed? Mm -hmm. And there's some people very, very silent and become very, very 
not pro-life in those moments. Right. I saw a tweet the other day that said, if if you're pro-life, you should not be fighting abortion. You should be fighting climate change, mm-hmm. which is like only one of the so many things that you could be fighting yep. to help future generations instead of this. Absolutely. Um, and not that we need another man to, to, talking about it, but I just feel it's, it's, a, it's a subject I feel so, so fucking strongly about because yeah. you don't know what is going on through a person's life. You know, sometimes, you know, if they're too young or if, Sometimes a pregnancy can kill both the mother and the child uh, if, they're, if the child is a product of rape or incest. Or you know what? Maybe the mother just decides, I and do not have the capability to care for a child. Yes. Absolutely. That is her right. Yes. It is her body. It is her right. Yeah. I don't even know why this is still a subject. But I'm just. it was really nice to see Busy Phillips mention it in such a very raw and open way yeah absolutely and she's i mean she's been about us for so long oh, yeah. is, is so talented is so funny you know sad to see her her show be canceled but at the same time i'm sure there are many great things out there for her um you know watch freaks and geeks watch dawson's creek <laughs> what more do you watch need to know Town. about her um yeah we love so we love Anyways, that's, anyway, that's our political corner. Yeah, well, you know, you I know you guys love that, and and it's and we understand that not all of you might agree with us, and that's and that's okay. I know there are a lot of reasons for people to believe what they believe, and it's really hard to define like when does a life start. I still don't know if I can answer that question, but <laughs> yeah, I mm, there are certain things, and, and I'm I'm happy to disagree with you with this. And either there's certain things where like I don't feel like we can find a middle ground on yeah. in terms of. And, you know, gay rights and women's rights are the two of the things that I'm just like, if you if you disagree with discussing a person as being a person yeah. and having the rights to their own body and right. their own consensual love, then, like, we have nothing more to talk about. And yeah. you can find a different podcast, in my personal opinion. No, you're right. You're right. And um, I just don't think it's 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 so these are not the times to be wishy-washy on. Subjects. You're right. Yeah, and obviously I'm I'm in agreement with you. No, um, you don't have to be. So yeah, fuck you all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I also really don't think that we're really speaking to the demographic who listens to this podcast. I know you're right. Um, uh, but you know, <laughs> vote. Just vote. Just vote. <laughs> Exercise your right to vote. Anyways, let's move right along because I just want to keep this train rolling. Let's let's do that, Bailey. I want to talk about something that we've never talked about on this podcast. Please. And something that I've been so di- dying to talk about. Okay. Let's talk about cults. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> because on her Instagram live, I was like, oh, I'm going to do a cult. Oh my God. I, wow, bless. I love cults. I love cults so much because. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> it made me think of Oprah. I, oh, love I love bread. I love bread. I eat bread every day. <laughs> I love cults. I love cults so much because I think it really speaks to a very bizarre subset of human psyche of brainwashing and mob mentality and a whole bunch of other shit rolled up into one. Mm -hmm. I really, really struggled which cult I wanted to talk about today. (laughs) There's just so Um, many to choose from. Yeah. I mean, spoiler alert, like you see the episode title. Mm. Um, But since this is in the really like a current, Mm. current situation happening right now, I really want to talk about Nexium. Oh my God. Great. Okay. Um, I just finished listening to, CBC's Uncover podcast, mm-hmm. where the season one is called um, Escaping Nexium. Mm-hmm. So it's so basically they did a whole season about this, but yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna like do it in the next like thirty minutes. Exactly, I, I love exactly. that for us. Amazing, because I it was I think seven episodes. I couldn't stop listening to it. it. Is such a fucking wild ride. I'm gonna try and do my best to kind of condense all of it into one episode. And I'm sure you'll um, do an amazing job, honey. Thank you. Uh, but it's a story that is literally currently unfolding here in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. This like the trial, the Nexium trial is happening right now. Oh my god! Like just right around the corner. Wow, great. Okay. Um, so I got all this info from again CBC's Uncover podcast, as well as from some other news outlets that did a really nice job of kind of condensing it, uh, which is New York Times, Wikipedia, and Jezebel. Great. This story is fucking nuts, and since. Again, it isn't an unfolding story. A lot of information is still coming out. So even by the time that this episode is dropped, I'm sure we'll know more about some of the inner workings. Mm-hmm. But um, let's just dive right in. Let's do it. So in October 2017, the New York Times published an expose interview with Canadian actress Sarah Edmondson, detailing years-long heinous abuses against women within Nexium. 
uh, which is spelled N-X-I-V-M, by the way. Right. Oh my God, this coffee's making me sweat. I'm so sorry. Um, and all, I'm also just excited. Um, <laughs> an Albany-based, quote-unquote, self-help organization. Nexium is run by Keith Raniere and is number two, Allison Mack, an mm. actress best known for her, for her role as Chloe Sullivan in the television series Smallville. Did you it's, ever watch Smallville? I, I used, not very much, but oh, I know. I, I was like, <laughs> I think this is why maybe the, this story. Yeah, I mean, me you so you hate to see it, but. You really do. Um, in the year and a half since the New York Times publication, allegations against Nexium have grown to include trafficking, sexual abuse, starvation diets, and blackmail. On Tuesday, uh, May 7th, 2019, the trial against Ranieri begins in Brooklyn, where he is charged with forced labor, wire fraud, conspiracy, human trafficking, sex trafficking, and possession of child pornography. Right. He's also accused of having had sexual relationships with two girls under the age of 18. He is currently pleading not guilty to um, all these charges. Well, I'm sure he's not guilty, so yeah. that should be fine. Yeah, so end of story. He didn't do it. <laughs> um, so there's a lot to unpack even within that first little bit, but let's go back to the beginning, which is what is Nexium? Tell me. It's very hard. It, okay. It's, you, you'll see. It's, it's hard to follow. Okay. Because I think that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. So according to Nexium's currently deactivated website, mm-hmm. the organization promised participants with, quote, a new ethical understanding that allows us to build an internal civilization and have it manifest in the external world. Oh, right. That's so clear. <laughs> I want to join. <laughs> um, and this, the way of doing that mm. was through seminars and uh Courses called exec- executive success programs or ESPs. Uh huh. It's a pyramid scheme. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Let's just yeah call a spade a spade. Right. Prior to Nexium in 1990, Ranieri had founded an organization called Consumers Byline, which was a multi-level marketing company that just three years later was revealed to shockingly also be a pyramid scheme. That's what multi-level marketing means, basically. Is it? <laughs> I don't really know. I think. Um, it was shut down in 1993 after being investigated by regulators in 20 states and sued by the New York uh, Attorney General. Ranieri signed a cons- consent order in 1996 in which he denied any wrongdoing but agreed to pay a $40,000 fine and be permanently banned from promoting, offering, or granting participation in, change distri- in a change distribution scheme. Which mm-hmm. really should have been the end of the story. It's like you literally were like, whoops, mm-hmm. maybe I won't do that again. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, he did. Great, okay. So, uh, Nexium was started in 1998 by Keith Ranieri and a former nurse named Nancy Salzman who served as the company's president. Uh, this personal development company, or so it was called, offered ESPs, which offered a range of techniques aimed at self-improvement. Mm-hmm. Ranieri stressed that these programs' main emphasis was to have people experience more joy in their lives. Uh-huh. So, from what I can understand, it's like um, the example that is kind of used of just kind of like the, the language tactics mm-hmm. was uh, Sarah Edmondson, who's kind of the whistleblower in this whole organization said that she, when she first was joining Nexium, she had said to Alison Mack, you know, I, I, I would love to participate in these, these courses. Um, and actually she ends up starting working for Nexium, and she mm-hmm. said, but you know, I'm an actress. I need to, you know, I, I still need to like wait for calls from my agent. You mm-hmm. know, if if I get a job, like I'm still trying to to work. Mm-hmm. And the response was, um, like, do you want to be your master of your own ship, or do you want to be like sitting around waiting for your agent to call? I mean, okay, like things that actually like when you when you mm-hmm. first see them, you're kind of like, oh, like I do want to be a master right. of my own ship. Like I do want to make myself better. I do want to like live my life to the fullest potential of what it can be. Right. Um, but also, also what? agents are there to help you. So <laughs> yeah. just, it's fine if they call. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. So uh, within Nexium, Ranieri began referring to himself as Vanguard and Nancy Salzman as Prefect. Oh. The Hollywood, yeah, which is never a great sign. Like once you start taking on like new names, no. run for the hills. Uh-huh. The Hollywood Reporter stated that Ranieri adopted the title Vanguard from a favorite arcade game he played as a child in which the destruction of one's enemies increased one's own power. <laughs> Should have been a red flag there. Wow. Um, Literal. 
I decided not to really do too much detail about who Keith Raniere was because Flash is because I think he's just kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, the CBC podcast does a really good job of basically talking about how he was just a true narcissist mm-hmm. and like really thought that he he was like the most talented and smartest man. Yeah, that's kind of, I mean, maybe we'll probably get into this more, but I think that's, that's one of the things that fascinates fascinates me the most is like when you're starting a cult, like what, what do you want out of that? Like, do you want people to get addicted to your ideal? Like, do you actually want to help people and it turns into something else? Or you really are just, you're trying to hurt people from the start or you just want to be powerful. Like, I think it's all about power. Yeah. I think that in this particular cult and we can, you know, as I keep going, there's more information that kind of plays into this. And I think that it's truly about controlling people mm-hmm. and having people do your bidding uh-huh. and making people believe that you are, that everything you say is correct. Mm-hmm. And because a, a big thing with the next is that you don't question authority. What Keith Raniere says goes, okay, which is a very, very slippery slope and dangerous. For sure. Um, as you'll soon find out. Great. So what really kind of pushed Nexium over the edge into becoming what it was, was um, in the early 2000s, Nexium experienced a large financial boost when Sarah and Claire Bronfman, who were the heiresses to the Seagram liquor fortune, became intrigued and eventually became fully engulfed in the organization. Mm-hmm. So these sisters have access to insane Ugh, amounts of money. Not good. Not good whatsoever. Um, with this financial boost, Nexium was able to reach a large masses of people. And again, you know, they're they're bringing in important people. So in 2010, it was reported that these life coaching workshops that Nexium ran were going for about seven seven thousand five hundred dollars each. Oh my god! So people are pouring their entire life savings oh. into into these workshops. Um, in in one episode of the podcast, they talked with someone who says, you know, or they talked with Sarah Edmondson, who was a, again a, a very high high up in in Nexium, and what she said is. That they were kind of like, what would you do if you were trying to recruit someone? And and they were like, I don't have, I don't, I don't have seven thousand dollars to do a workshop. Right. And um, these kind of tactics they would use to kind of get these people to be like, well, like, well, what if you need seven thousand dollars for a surgery? Like, how would you get it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just encouraging people to like call up friends and like yeah. take out loans and like devote everything again for this like weird. Yeah, it's like it's actually not the same. Yeah, as all, a surgery. Yeah, all for the sake of. <laughs> Self-help. Okay. Um, these workshops were described as being, quote, uh, based on an amalgam of therapeutic techniques, including hypnosis and neuro-linguistic programming, which was a converse, controversial behavior modification regimen repackaged along with moral twist, twists that become, that oh, sorry, along with a moral twist that by becoming f- fully empowered, one could help create a more ethical world. Okay. I mean, I don't even know what words you're saying. (laughs) But I I think that's the point. I think it's meant to be like, wait, what? Like, it just has some buzzwords in there that sound good, but like, as a whole, it is utter nonsense. But what these people are doing, these these recruiters for Nexium are basically gathering these these people with this guise of self-help, self-improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, but with potential within these workshops is kind of these brainwashing techniques of hypnosis and mm-hmm. behavior modification regimens, whatever that means. But also that sounds scary. Like Super I don't want scary. you to modify my behavior. No, thank you. But I guess maybe these you want some... me to like stop eating carbs. Hypnotize oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> me away from bread. <laughs> according to the New York Times, an estimated of 16,000 people in the United States and Mexico paid for Nexium courses, including, but not limited to, Co-founder of BET, Sheila Johnson. Oh, my God. Stephen Cooper of Enron. Anna Christina Fox is the daughter of former Mexican President Vincent Fox. Richard Branson, as well as what? Hollywood actresses Linda Evans, Grace Park, and um, obviously Allison Mack. Oh, my God. Grace Park? hmm She is a fave from Battlestar Galactica. So, I, but just to be to be clear, some of these people took courses, but were not necessarily yeah. engulfed within the... The layers of Nexium. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get more into it. Okay. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm just so fucking excited <laughs> talking about this. This is my I'm, current obsession. Right. Um, in 2006, actress Kristen Kruk, I never know how to pronounce her name. I don't know who that Crook, is. She was on Smallville. Okay. Um, became involved with Nexium. Um, and she, along with Nancy Salzman, who is the, the president of the company with Keith Raniere, 
and her daughter Lauren Salzman went to Vancouver to recruit Crook's Smallville co-star Allison Mack. Mm. So this is another thing that's very, very common within this, this cult structure is that they would get people involved. And the reason this kind of became a Hollywood cult mm. is because it was all about like getting high profile people. So you yeah. have so you have the Bronfmans who are involved, who are very, very wealthy. You start mm-hmm. getting these Hollywood actresses, and it's about like kind of roping in their friends. And it was yeah. always about like, okay, like who do you know that we can bring in to Ugh. give it, give us more high profile? Right. Um, not that Alison Mack is like the most famous person in the world, but, but I mean, at the time, Smallville, I <clears throat> feel yeah, like she was had a, some clout. And yeah, she, she was a name, and you know, the connection was enough. Yeah. Um. So Lauren Salzman, Nancy's daughter, who was um, an Axiom leader, bonded with with Alison Mack. Um, although Crook would eventually leave Nexium, Mac became an enthusiastic pro, uh, proselytizer. Mm-hmm, of course. Is that how you say that? <laughs> proselytizer. For Nexium, persuading her parents to take courses as well. And after wrapping production of Smallville in 2011, decided to quit acting and move to Clifton Park, New York, near Nexium's home base in Albany. Oh, God. So this. I go she back really and, went all in. Yeah, I go back and forth between feeling sorry for mm-hmm. Allison Mac because she got really brainwashed and also being like, as you'll soon find, soon find out, thinking that she should rot in prison for the rest of her life. Right. Well, I also, I do think they probably hit her at just the right time where, like, oh, yeah. that show was ending and she was like, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. Like, it was like she was on, like, one of the biggest, you know, teen TV dramas in the country and then she was in basically no one. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. here's where <laughs> things start getting Great. even more suspicious. Okay. As Nexium grew much larger than its Albany-based headquarters... A new subset of the organization began to emerge. Centered in the New York State location was a secret wing of Nexium called DOS, which is spelled D-O-S, which is apparently short for I'm <laughs> you got this. Latin. Dominus obsequius sororium, which apparently mm-hmm. is Latin for master over the slave women. Oh, that's perfect. Reportedly, selected Nexium members would join this women-only sorority. I use that in very, very much quotations, mm-hmm. which claimed to that would empower women and eradicated purported weaknesses that the Nexium curriculum taught were common in women. Oh, so mm. here's where things start getting even fishier, which okay. is that so Nexium, one of ne- Nexium's kind of uh, concepts was that men and women had individual gender-based Pros and cons. Yes. Except that women are weak <laughs> oh. and need to be kind of purged of their weakness. I love so that. So through DOS, it was kind of this like women only, like women empowering women, but also women are weak. Great. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I'm on board. Um, it was also kind of seen as this like, because it was a secret society, if you were invited to join DOS, it was very exciting. It was very, very exclusive. Um, mm-hmm. Again, Women supporting women. <laughs> Wait, so it's all women? Well. Okay. Is it? Oh That's what they God. say it is. Guys, don't so, do this. Oh, it gets worse. Okay. So upon entry into DOS, the women had to complete three tasks. Uh-huh. Each one more fucked up than the last. Please, I can't wait. First, they were assigned to a master to which they were their slaves. Uh, are you fucking kidding? Oh, nope. I'm dead serious. This meant the slaves were to do everything the masters told them to, no matter what time of day. Um, This mostly came down to routine drills, um, which often happened in the middle of the night, in which the master would text the slave saying, I forget the exact word, basically being like, are you ready? And the slave had to respond within like a minute saying, I'm ready. Uh Again, didn't really have a purpose, but I think it was mostly like... Well, then you can't really sleep. Exactly. So you're not sleeping because... There are consequences if you do not respond to your master. Oh, my God. Which I'll be about to get into. Um, But also on top of these kind of routine drills, the slaves are also required to um, do a couple hours of unpaid labor for their master at their master's discretion. Mm -hmm. Is the master a man or a woman? A woman. Oh, okay. So basically, like, within, it would basically be like, you know, I mean... As you know, we didn't have sororities or Greek life at yeah, our college. And, but, you know, and that's like, just fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, people like, oh my God, my little or like my big. Yeah. I think it's basically like you were assigned, uh, if your if big says jump, you say how high. So it's a really sinister version of. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and I mean, and like it's like hazing, fraternities and sororities do haze people, but it's like. 
Yeah, and this is actually, not to get ahead of myself, but this is a big thing that the defense for Keith Raniere is saying, which mm-hmm. is like, why is this any different than, our, than like <laughs> Greek life? Like, they're, you're forced to stand out in the cold or whatever. I yeah, and it's like, I, I would just say that hazing also is bad and that yes. no one should be doing any of yeah. that. <laughs> um, so as I mentioned, if the slaves did not obey their masters in whatever kind of context, there were consequences. Um, sometimes they had to pay penalties, including fasting, or it could actually face physical punishments. Mm. Um, but the largest consequence and the thing that was really, really held over all these women was that they were, they were sorry, when, when they were joined DOS, they were compelled to forfeit a sort of blackmail material to in- ensure their silence about and commitment to DOS referred to as collateral. This collateral usually came in the form of pornographic pictures. Uh, one woman uh, said that she and others were forced to take photos that included both their faces and their vaginas. The oh my God, that is so fucked. Mm-hmm. As well as um, their collateral could also be financial information or in, in fact, um, personal confessions on a recording. Oh my God. So uh, Sarah Edmondson said that when she was brought into DOS, mm-hmm. she couldn't think of anything like dark enough. Like her... Her master was Lauren Salzman, who's Nancy Salzman's daughter, mm-hmm. who's one of the very, very higher ups in Nexium. And Lauren basically was like, Sarah kept saying, like, okay, like, here's the secret. Like, here's this. And it's like, not, not like not good enough. It needs to be like more threatening because this is the the collateral is what they keep over these women to also compel them to not acting as not, yeah, and not be able to leave. Exactly. Right. Oh my God. Um, so she actually because she felt so trapped, she ended up fabricating that her husband, um, Nippy, that's oh. not his name, who was oh. also a member of Nexium, that he had abused her. Oh my and God. And they got a recording of her saying that. So that was her collateral, which is basically like, this is the threat. Like, if you disobey us, like, we will release this information. Right. We will release these pornographic pictures. We will release your bank account info. Oh my God. Um, and now, the, and, and how many women probably did implicate people in their family? Yeah. Whether it was true or not. Oh, most of them. Oh, my God. But it gets worse. Please. Great. So the third and most disturbing task that the DOS women were compelled to complete when initiated was something known as a tribute. Mm. And the reason I keep saying compelled to complete is that technically no one is being forced to do any of this. No one is being held at gunpoint. No one Mm -hmm. is, um, or say not traditionally forced. Right. This is all through tactics of brainwashing and you know by this point when sarah edmondson is joining dos she has been working for nexium for over a decade oh my god so she's been leading these conferences she's been like so like her husband's involved she is fully immersed in this organization so why wouldn't she join the secret society of women right right right. you think even when things start getting a little fishy right such as this tribute which is this is horrible and (sighs) i guess What's the, what's the term if you're screaming? Tri- trigger, trigger warning. warning. Uh, the tribute was that these women were branded under no anesthesia with cauterizing rods. Oh my god! To form an elaborate design located near their genital area. Of course, that's um, so fucked up. Yep. So the new members um, into DOS were restrained by top official Lauren Salzman, who would instruct them to, um, in some cases, Alison Mack, were instructed to say, "Master, please brand me. It would be an honor." <sighs> And even though they thought they were potentially getting a small tattoo, it was in, in reality a two-inch square symbol, which was burned below each woman's hip. Oh, my God. I don't know if, if you're familiar with, like, what brands, what branding is. Mm. So imagine there's a pen. Mm. And instead of ink at the end, it is fire. <laughs> right. Like, and, again, no anesthesia. It's It apparently took about 45 minutes to complete. Shut up. Because because obviously you have to sit still. And what could possibly be more painful than literal fire being burned into your flesh in oh a, probably the most sensitive area you have oh on God. your body? Because, yeah, because you don't actually do that to humans. No. And it's, and like... Yeah, also, this isn't like a, ow, this is like a, but for 45 minutes. That, I, I literally can't imagine yep. that. Yep, horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Okay. And these women are being compelled to do so because they think that if they don't, then their mom is going to get a picture that features their vagina. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, the women of DOS were also allegedly forced into near-starvation diets, told to stop dating, and 
coerced into having sex with Keith Raniere. Oh. So this is where the mm-hmm. true concept of mm. what DOS functions as is that it is being reported that it is being used as basically as like a sexual hunting ground. Oh my and God. And bringing these women to such submission that then when they're told to have sex with the leader, they do it. Oh my God. Um, allegations state that that Ranieri used DOS as a grooming ground to find and prey on vulnerable women. Some women were coerced by being told having sex with Ranieri would result in being even more enlightened and connected to the organization. Um, others were simply told that their collateral would be released. This alleged sexual coercion also, per the New York Times, resulted in multiple abortions. Oh. Just to kind of bring this full circle. Um, yeah, and you guys go ahead and you get those, please. Yeah. Oh my God. This is honestly way more fucked than I thought. Yeah. This, I, I, and again, like, there's no, it's not even, it's not like a gray area in any way. Oh. It's just. Well, that, that's what the defense will say. But, okay. okay. Um, so Sarah Edmondson, who, again, was this fucking badass, brave woman who leaked this entire expose to the New York Times, um, ended up leaving Nexium after 12 years of loyal servitude and upon entering DOS. She and her husband, Nippy, were higher ups in Nexium compared in the other uncover podcast to being like the Jay-Z and Beyonce of the organization. So they were like, she was mm. really, really important within the, the group. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah was shaken out of her blind faith to Nexium and Ranieri after completing the initiation ceremony in DOS. Mm. She began to question its legitimacy specifically if it was an indeed an all female sector of the group or if Ranieri somehow had control over these DOS women. Mm-hmm. She details the putrid smell emitted during the cauterizing tribute. Oh my God and saying that no amount of pain she had endured, not even childbirth, came close to what she experienced while being branded. Oh, my God. And it's like, this also isn't the kind of thing that, like, heals really quickly. No. Like they, I mean, like, I, I have to imagine you'd probably have that for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a permanent, it'll be a permanent scar. But yeah. They, on the podcast, they talk about how, like, months later, it's still, like, red Painful. and puffy. Oh, and my God. Totally. Yeah. Trigger warning. Oh. <laughs> um, this, this this to me is what really like shook me to my core. Um, her fears and suspicions with DOS were confirmed when one day while examining her branded flesh, which again was being told when they were getting, was told was this like design that celebrated womanhood and like blah, 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 this like abstract Mm. image that was getting branded into them. But upon looking at it from a different angle, she noticed four letters hidden within the design. K R A M. Oh, my God. For Keith Raniere and Allison Mack. Oh, my God. This is, this doesn't sound real. Yeah. So this was enough to basically shake this woman to her senses where she was like. Thank God. And she's, so she's like, she basically would do anything. But at a certain point, she's like, I thought this was all about like empowering Mm -hmm. me, empowering women. And now I have Keith's and Allison's initials next to my vagina. Perfect. Not what I signed up for. Oh, my God. Um, it was later reported that Allison Mack was the one who actually came up with the branding system because she believed that tattoos didn't seem severe enough. Honey, what mm. happened to you? Yeah. This, again, I told her, I was like, uh, maybe, maybe she's not so innocent. Oh my God. Um, according to reports, she was second in command at, at DOS. Ranieri was the leader of Nexium and, and her master, but that she was actually also a master herself. Great. <sighs> so, so empowering. Yeah, women again, women supporting women. We love we love we that. We love that. Mm. Uh, Sarah, along with her husband Nippy, decided to systematically take down Nexium after it was clear that they could not leave on their own volition due mm-hmm. to the collateral those being held over them. Mm-hmm. And about how, how fucking deep they were in this. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah first tried to to reason with Lauren Salzman, who was her master, her supposed best friend, and was even the officiant at her wedding. Oh my god. Like the like it's like mm-hmm. their whole life yeah. is engulfed in this. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, Sarah told Lauren that she never agreed to the branding and that she had had enough and wanted out. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, she pointed out that her collateral was being held over her as a form of blackmail and that she wouldn't continue to be extorted anymore. Yeah. Um, however, while it seemed as if Sarah and her husband could have left quietly, they had no intentions of doing so. Good. Fucking awesome. Still full of rage over what was happening at Nexium. And DOS, Sarah began spreading the word to other members that they too should leave. Mm-hmm. The Times would later report that hundreds of members actually left Nexium after Edmondson went public with her experience. Good. Which is like, like th- something good came out of it. So strong of her. 
Um, although she's not, she's still a controversial figure, but we'll talk about okay. that later. Um, once the other higher ups caught wind of this, Sarah was served with legal documents threatening her with fraud for trying to in, in, apparently like poach clients and theft for stealing the documents. So Nexium tried as as Sarah was leaving, she basically like withheld certain documents that had people's um, personal information in it. Mm. Um, because she was, which include their home addresses, credit card info, and their some of them, their deepest, darkest secrets being held as collateral. Because right. she was like, I don't want, like, I don't want you to have control over these people. The yeah. have control over me. And the Nexium higher-ups were basically, through legal tactics, were able to spin it like, oh, she's trying to start her own, own organization. She's stealing from us. Oh, of course. So we should sue her. Um... Sarah was well aware, however, that these legal tactics would be coming her way since Nexium did not take kindly to members making a scene after they left. Mm. It, I will say it does sound like people, there were definitely people who had left Nexium who was fine leaving. They just, those people left and just never talked about it. Yeah. What Nexium did not like was people who made a big stink. Sure. Um, the people who, do, who were vocal upon leaving were referred to as suppressives. Mm. And these were the folks that chose to go to the press after escaping Nexium. Um, where afterwards they were systematically harassed, sued, and publicly dragged through the mud. Mm. There were also rumors of something known as the Mexico plot, where two rogue Nexium members were to be tricked into going to an ESP meeting in Mexico, where they would have been set up to be arrested under a bogus indictment and held in, Me- in a Mexican prison. Wow. Luckily, this plan never came into fruition. Oh, my God. Um, however, knowing that all these things were coming her way. Sarah had still had had enough. And in her, in her own words, she said she was ready to blow it all up. Get it girl. (laughs) So she went to the New York times, Mm -hmm. (laughs) made it to the front page of the New York times. Amazing. People started to pay attention. Mm -hmm. In March, 2018, Ranieri was found hiding out in Mexico and was arrested and indicted on a variety of charges related to DOS, including, as I mentioned previously, sex trafficking, sex trafficking, conspiracy and conspiracy to commit forced labor. A uh, month later, in April 2018, Allison Mack was arrested and indicted in the same charges as Ranieri, citing, specifically citing that the DOS brandings occurred in her house under her supervision and encouragement. Oh, my God. During her arraignment proceedings, prosecutors also have accused her of entering into a sham marriage with actress Nikki Klein to help Klein um, circumvent U.S. immigration laws. Okay. Um, also in April 2018, the New York Post reported that Nexium had moved to Brooklyn, New York, and was now being led by Claire Bronfman. Oh, my God. Seagram. Great. Yeah. Should we go check it out? <laughs> um, but just a few months later, the Albany Times reported that um, Nexium had suspended its operations due to extraordinary circumstances facing the company. And just a month later, Bronfman herself was arrested and charged with racketeering. I, like, I mean, quit while you're behind people. Yeah, what? Like, you're going down. Like, yeah, you're, like seriously. Your numbers one and two have already been arrested. And they were just like... Well, maybe if we just like go to Brooklyn, like no one will notice oh that we're still committing illegal activities. Well, I, it, honestly, I wonder if like if they were just like we're not doing anything wrong, like we'll just keep doing what we're doing. Mm. Okay. I think I think that I think these some of these higher ups knew exactly. What yeah, doing. yeah. Uh, she was uh, Claire Bonfim was released on house arrest after signing a one hundred million dollar bail bond. Oh my god! Just in case you're curious, how much money she has. Um, <laughs> Also arrested around the same time were Nexium president Nancy Salzman, her daughter Lauren Salzman, um, and another Nexium employee, Kathy Russell. Addressing the court um, after being arrested, Nancy Salzman said, It has taken some time and soul-searching to come to this place. I accept that some of what I did was not just wrong, but criminal. If I could go back and do it all over again, I would, but I can't. Okay. Oh, poor you. Lauren Salzman, her daughter, admitted to enslaving a woman for two years within this organization. Okay. Um, Saying, I knowingly intentionally harbored Jane Doe for a woman whose identity is known to me in a room in the home of the, in the Northern district of New York. She told the courtroom. She added that she also threatened to report Jane Doe for back to Mexico. If she not to complete labor requested by myself and others. She kept her enslaved in a room for two years. Yes. Oh my God. So this is the, this is an example of things that are like, are still coming out uh-huh. through these trials. Um, everyone besides Keith Raniere has pled guilty, so we mm. won't really know much um, until mm. they're sentenced. But in this specific example, this woman was um, from Mexico. She was mm-hmm. in the country illegally. Mm-hmm. And because of that, that was being held as her collateral. Right. And apparently 
in the in the uh, uncover podcast they didn't go into huge detail but it's something to do with that the woman had committed some sort of like crime against the organization by having a crush on someone or something i couldn't really follow it and so that was justification for keeping her in a room for two years until she was like purged of those oh great great of course um lauren salzman faces 20 years in prison but as the new york post has pointed out prosecutors could recommend that she face less time under a cooperation agreement which i think is so really problematic in in a story like this where it's like okay on the one hand you know, if 90% of the organization is pleading guilty, it means, like, they're admitting what they did is wrong. They're going to, they're owning up and facing their consequences. Yeah. But only a fraction of what they've done. You know, like, they're going to be, they're going to be charged with racketeering or whatever, but they're not going to be charged with sex trafficking. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard because, like, it's hard to identify, like, I mean, it's, it's, who really are the victims is mm-hmm. sometimes a little bit tricky because it's like, yeah, in like the case of um, Lauren, it sounds like her mom was involved in this pro- mm-hmm. probably like for her whole life. Mm-hmm. So it's like she's a monster, but also like did she ever have a chance to not be involved with it? I don't, it's like. I don't know. But. Okay. <laughs> um, Claire Bronfen has pleaded guilty to enabling a sex ring for Keith Raniere. Rolling Stone reports and has admitted to harboring someone who is living in the U.S. illegally for unpaid labors and services. Bronfman told the court, I was afforded a great gift by my grandfather and father. With the gift comes immense privilege and more importantly, tremendous responsibility. Mm-hmm. It does not come with the ability to break the law. For this, I am truly sorry. She is forced to forfeit $6 million and faces two years in prison. Two years? Two years for basically like having a slave. Okay. Um, Allison Mack has pleaded guilty to racketeering and racketeering conspiracy charges. Um, and in April 8th, 2019, she admitted to extortion, forced labor, keeping a slave herself and holding a top role in DOS. She also faces 20 years in prison, but as page six has reported, it is not clear if she has a cooperation deal with the government and her lawyers have declined to comment. Mm-hmm. Um, her lawyers have also t- tried to argue that her recruitment of these so called sex slaves um, by using blackmail was no different than what Scientologists do. Oh, like mm. oh, great! That's a great comparison. Um, on April twenty fifth, twenty nineteen, the New York Post acquired the grand jury testimony for Ranieri's forthcoming trial, which states that allegedly Nancy Salzman allowed Ranieri to have sex with Nexium slaves in the library of her home in Half Moon, New York. And another slave ref- has, in the testimony, refers to being raped by Ranieri in Mac's home. Because, mm. I mean, that's what this is. It is, it's all it rape. is rape. Because if you, are, if, you are, if you are holding someone over, something over someone's head to mm-hmm. compel you to have sex with them, mm-hmm. even, if they, even if they consent, if they say, like, sure, I'll do it, or like, yeah, I guess I'll do it, that's still rape. Right. If you're compelling <laughs> someone to have sex with someone, you've already, you're already in the wrong. <sighs> um, a hard drive within Ranieri's pos- possession was also obtained containing child pornography and sexually explicit images of other Nexium members. Uh, Ranieri's trial began on May 7th, 2019, and con- if convicted of all charges, he faces a minimum of 15 years and up to life in prison. Can you imagine him getting 15 years? Like, kill me. If he pleads guilty, he'll probably get less than that. What? Oh, 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 oh. But it doesn't seem like he has any plans on... Oh, my God. Um, according to page six, Ranieri's lawyer, Mark... Um, Agnifilo has said that both, oh, sorry, has said that uh, Alison Mack may testify against Ranieri. And since uh, Kathy Russell, Claire Bronfman, and both Salzmans have also pleaded guilty, uh, at least some of his former accolades are likely cooperating with the prosecutors and may testify against him at trial, which, like, oh my God, I would love to see that. Yes, please. Um, uh, actor Catherine Oxenberg, whose daughter India was a member of Nexium and who has been very, very vocal about the organization and Keith Raniere has said, my one reservation about the trial is that these victims are going to have to testify and it is going to be terribly traumatic for them. Um, saying that if Keith Raniere had any decency, he would plead out and spare all of the, all of his victims having to relive it. So as I mentioned, this is still very much an ongoing case. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we'll learn more and as with anything of this sort, like we probably only know the tip of the iceberg of the criminal 
dealings that were going on in this organization. It's hard to imagine it getting much worse than this, but um, at least people are taking, or most people are taking responsibility for their part in Mm -hmm. this cult, because that's what it is. It is a cult. Mm -hmm. Um, Sarah Edmondson herself has not gone without critiques. Um, As I mentioned, the, the defense is trying to argue that these women who were in DOS were in their their free volition and that nothing that was done was that serious mm. or, and that, you know, it's no different than, you know, Marines getting a tattoo. It's like these women showed, like they knew they were getting branded. Like mm-hmm. um, the lawyer has said, you know, like, is it weird that like the initials were branded into them? Like, sure. But they agreed to the brand itself. Right. Just like, um, uh huh. Okay. Um, and also because Sarah was a higher up in Nexium, she was worked there for over 12 years. She was a big recruiter. Yeah. And so some people have kind of, and she also profited off of working at Nexium. Yeah. So a lot of critiques have basically said, like, yes, she was the whistleblower, but like, is that enough? Like, right. shouldn't, should she be paying back literally the money that she gained from this organization? Yeah. And how can she create penance for the hundreds, if not thousands, of people she recruited into yeah, Nexium? Right. Well, I mean, so outside of the like the the DOS part of the organization, like what was the rest of Nexium doing? So the this is the way I kind of think of it is that you have you have Nexium as this kind of blanket organization, which probably is actually just like if if it just ran like a self help mm-hmm. organization. Would it still be a little culty? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, but, it's still scamming people out of their money, yes, but like, but it's not as it's, harmful. Yes, it's not illegal. It's or it's probably illegal, but it's mm. um, it's a self help organization. Yeah. But because the the reason it's so fucking sketchy is because DOS exists as a secret chapter of Nexium. Yeah. And if what they're saying is that Keith Raniere knew about DOS, not only knew about DOS, but was in charge of DOS and was using people like Lauren Salzman and Allison Mack to recruit women that he could then extort into having sex with him. Right. And as slaves, that is, so basically it's almost like Nexium was created for the purpose of hiding that Mm. DOS exists. Okay. And that DOS was this hunting ground for victims. And that's why I, what I said before that for me, like it's all about power. It's like, this is no different to me than like, uh, predator grooming a victim right. for kidnapping or, you know, um, cause it's, it's, it's not, about, it's not about sex. It's about power. And yeah. that's what rape is. And this whole thing is like this large pyramid scheme of rape. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. But in that case, it almost, it feels like even if Sarah was working mm-hmm. for the organization for like 12 years, it wasn't until she was recruited into the secret part of it that she was exactly. like, wait, what the fuck is going on? Exactly. And I think that the way that I think of it is, is I do understand that her, the, the New York times article really is like, here's this victim. Here's this woman who mm-hmm. escaped. She was, you know, painting her solely as a victim mm-hmm. where I do understand that while she's not a villain in the story, she's, her hands aren't fully clean, No, but she's also never said that her hands are clean. Right. Um, she's expressed great remorse. And it also sounds like she got whiff of the dirty shit and was like, I'm out. Yeah. And I'm going to burn this fucking place to the ground on my way out. Right. As I mean, a, like it, as, it, it's hard because it's like, would the average person have figured out early? Like the fact that she was involved with this thing for 12 years and never, suspected something Mm -hmm. darker was happening is like, but also like she's probably brainwashed into a degree. Yeah. And I, I have a really hard time following the, like what Nexium was at face value Mm -hmm. as a self help organization. Cause I still find it very confusing. But again, there's certain things that they've, that they quote as saying, I'm like, I can see how someone would be like, sure. Like, you know, if, if you're down on your luck in your life and you're like, okay, like, maybe I'll go start taking these courses and like you get something out of it and you start feeling more fulfilled. Of course you're going to go back. Right. And you're going to tell your friends about it and you're going to tell your parents about it. And right. then before you know it, you're totally submerged in this yeah. horrible, horrible, horrible thing. That's terrifying. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is, Oh my God, that was so fascinating. And honestly, so much worse than I thought because it's, it's been really getting bad. a lot of, press and I was mm-hmm. like oh my god like I can't believe that small actress is all wrapped up in this when I had no idea that she was like the fucking ringleader yeah 
Oh, my God. Branding people with her initials. No. Nope. Um, nope. So let us know if you have any more thoughts about cults um, mm-hmm. or Nexium, And I look forward to seeing this yeah. trial unfold. I, yeah. I hope. I'm, it's tough because, like, half of me is like, oh, like, he should just, Keith Rainier should just plead guilty. Like, spare right. these people this trial and just go to prison. Right. But the other part of me is like. I hope that like his pride doesn't get the best of him mm-hmm. and he just gets convicted and then like yeah. sucks. Right. Where's and I would, I mean, I would love to see a bunch of women fucking tear him apart in court, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like it's easy, like it's not, it's not going to be easy for them in any yeah. way. And like, but I do like, I feel like people want to know the extent of how far this went just for, oh, of course. Yeah. But the, it's, it's, it's a little bit selfish though to want that just just for the fascination of it. But at the same time, it's like, does it help us not repeat this in the future? I hope so. Yeah. Uh, Well, that was really fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Should we complain a little bit? Oh yeah. Let me, yeah. You, you kick it off because I've been talking for a long time. Okay. No problem. As always in comparison to what we just talked about, this feels so appropriate. Um, Good. It's a weather-related complaint to a degree because sure. it's just like, you know what? The the audiences are clamoring for it, and they're just like, give me more weather content. Um, So my complaint specifically is as we go into the summer months, it as, as many of you probably know, it gets to a point in New York where it is so like sticky, disgusting, hot that when you get up in the morning, you – it's just like what how like few clothes can I put on? Like what's mm-hmm. like how like what tiny sundress can I wear that's still gonna be appropriate for work, but I'm not gonna be like absolutely drenched in sweat on my on the subway. But then when you actually get to work, the AC is blasting to a degree where like I cannot be comfortable for any part of the day. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I mean, like, yes, you can like keep a sweater at your desk, but it's just like that time of the year where you have to reconcile wearing the least amount of clothing possible outside. But then once you go inside, absolutely freezing because I mean, you are always hot, but Mm -hmm. I think we, we like, we can all relate to the fact that like biologically men run hotter. So like men are always going to get warmer in like an office setting than women are. So it's always Mm -hmm. like me and all the other girls in my office, like shivering in, in like their desk sweater. Well, all the men are like, Oh my God, can we set it to 65? And I'm like, (laughs) this is not livable. (laughs) That's my complaint. I am. And I am notoriously that person who, when no one is looking, will go fuck with the fucking, uh, AC system in the corner and be like, I'm just going to put this up a couple of degrees. You're a monster. No, everyone, everyone applauds me when, and all of the women applaud me. <laughs> I've never put it up a, uh, higher than 72. Okay, that's fair. That's not, I really don't think that's unreasonable. No. <laughs> um, I'm going to complain also about temperature-related things, Please. but not about the weather. Okay. Also, I want to talk about when ice goes into coffee. <laughs> Please tell me about that. two things. Yes. One, if you order an iced coffee uh-huh. and you give me... Hot coffee poured mm-hmm. over ice. Mm-hmm. You should go to fucking jail <laughs> because that is not iced coffee. You are now giving me like watered down, like yep, not cold, like not lukewarm, hot, like lukewarm yes. coffee water. That is one of my biggest it pet peeves. Disgusting. Yes. Part two: If I'm paying like whatever, like four dollars for least. an iced coffee, and you give me a cup of ice, like you know when like you get it's like all ice. Yes. Yes. That's also fucking bullshit. Yes. And it's always like for I always find that the that you get the you get the hot coffee poured over ice like at restaurants a mm-hmm. lot because when you mm-hmm. ask if they have iced coffee they'll always say yes mm-hmm. but they're like they're not brewing cold brew at most no. like brunch restaurants whereas like if you go to a coffee shop they probably have like a cold brew but um at a restaurant I've there there've been so many times where I'm like wow this I can tell what you did there and yep. thank you so much um yep 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 yep, yep. yeah so I, I think it's really like specifically my part two of that complaint goes. I'm not, I'm not afraid to call you out Starbucks. Mm. Is that if you're like, I like a soy ice chai mm-hmm. that can run six or $7. And mm-hmm. if you give me a cup of ice with some soy milk poured in it, I'm yeah. going to be pissed. You have to ask for light ice. Oh, I do. 
Do which, they listen to me often? No. Which is, but it's insane that you should even know. have to ask that. Starbucks is the biggest offender for yeah. sure. That I don't. Most of the most of the like New York coffee shops that I go to yeah. give you a, a legitimate no, amount of cold brew. But I just, yeah, I just need to suck it up and call them out for what they are. Great. Didn't we? Wow, this is actually the second time in this episode that we bashed Starbucks, and I love is that. It? When was the first time? Um, when I, we were talking about your hot coffee at the beginning of this oh, episode. Oh yeah, true. I mean, I love I love a caramel macchiato, and I'm not afraid to say it. I, oh, me too. <laughs> anyway, Anyways, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on social media at RWF Podcast. Um, Please watch out for cults. Watch out for cults. Um, Get if you're in, if you're in a cult, or if you know someone who's been in a cult. <laughs> Please tell us all about it because I want to know more and I'm so fucking fascinated by cults. Um, yeah, if you're in a cult, tell us all about it. Or like if you've escaped a cult. Please, yes. For all Don't of our listeners, all of our listeners who have escaped a cult, I, please let us know. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening as always. Love you. Bye. Bye, bitches. bitches.